This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Comic books, comic time Writers and artists are on the line They make a splash as a comic's read And take us on a trip behind the spread Watch out for comic book commentary Spinning or winning inside Fix how they got a hot idea Narrative character, visual tricks And onomatopoeia Uh-huh, it's comic book commentary Hi there. Uh, my name is Vida Ayala, and uh, I write comic books for a living. This is my first time recording a podcast on my own, so please forgive me all the ums and ahs and all that fun stuff. I'm trying my best. I uh, I have written uh, creator-owned work uh, for Black Mask and Vault. Uh, for Black Mask, I wrote The Wilds, which is a post-apocalyptic book in which the zombies are beautiful instead of horrific, told from the perspective of a uh, Two Brown Queer Women, and Submerged is a contemporary retelling of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth uh, set in the New York City subway system, because that's actually Hades. Uh, I've also written for uh, franchise stuff. I've written for DC Comics. I, I got to write, uh, co-write an issue of Supergirl, wrote an issue of Batman Beyond, uh, Batgirl, rather, and co-wrote an issue of Batman Beyond. Uh, as well as working on some Wonder Woman stuff, which is always a thrill for me. <laughs> uh, I write Livewire for Valiant. And uh, for Marvel, I have written uh, a couple of things. Right now I'm working on Prisoner X, which is a kind of spinoff of the uh, Age of X-Men series uh, centered around Bishop and Prison. And I jumped onto Shuri for two issues uh, to kind of fill in so that the regular team had a break. I wrote issues six and seven, and today I'll be talking about issue seven. <clears throat> Sorry, voice is a little rough. Uh, I have it in front of me, but I don't have a physical copy, so you may hear me clicking through as I look page by page, so forgive me for that too. So I'll just jump right into it, I guess, because I don't know what else to say. Uh, I listen to the show, and there's a lot of people who do really great introductions, but Mostly I'm nervous, so I'm just going to jump right into the book. Uh, like I said, I wrote issues six and seven. We'll be talking about seven right now, but just to give you a little context, in issue six, uh, I get to bring Shuri to Brooklyn, where she meets up with Miles Morales, uh, who is my son, and I love him very much. He's a good boy. And uh, the two of them take on a would-be bank robber who seems to have the power to manipulate uh kind of space-time and black holes. The reason that Shuri is in Brooklyn is because in the previous episodes she, or not episode, the previous issues rather, 
she had been fighting a, a being who kind of pooped out black holes as a <laughs> as a byproduct of doing what they do. And so she has been scanning for that because she wants to make sure that it doesn't pop up again. So she got a ping in Brooklyn. Uh, there was a similar energy signature. And so she hops in her plane and is like, I'm rolling out and I'm going to Brooklyn. She meets up with Miles Morales as he's fighting this uh, kid who seems to have these powers. It is not uh, the monster that she came to face, but there was a problem. And so she's going to help. And then uh, long story short, at the end of that issue, we uh, see that they've made their way to Jersey city and we uh, see that Kamala is there to help them as well. So Ms. Marvel, sorry. So it is a in Shuri, but it is a team up with Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel as well. So uh, let's start with the cover, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it is kind of a departure from the other covers in the series. We have the three heroes kind of swirling into a black hole, but the style is very, very different from the rest of the series. And I actually really like that. I love the covers from, uh, you know, one to five, but this is really kind of dynamic and, and fits, I think, the tone of the story that we're trying to tell. Uh, so going through and skipping all the very cool ads for Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen, uh, there'll be some recap pages, which, uh, are really, really great at getting you caught up on six issues worth of stuff. I won't read those to you cause I didn't write them, but they are very cool. More ads for Spider-Man stuff. It looks like War of the Realm Spider-Man. That's pretty cool. I'm excited to read that. Uh, here we go. So, uh, the kind of title page, Sherry number seven, A Friend in Need, part two. Uh, I am not going to read the credits because I'm very bad. No, you know what? I'll give it a try. All right. I'm the writer, Bita Ayala. Artist is Paul Davidson, who is truly incredible. His style is very dynamic and very unique. Um, his environments feel very tangible, which I really love. And the way that he kind of interprets pages as entire stories and then panels as kind of in service to that as opposed to each panel being its own little section of the story is really interesting and really cool. Uh, the color artist is Tree Farrell. Sorry if you heard that vibration, it was my phone. Uh, who is absolutely incredible and I'm really, really glad that we got to work together. Uh, she did work for the covers of Submerged uh, the covers that were drawn by Jen Bartel and it was always a pleasure to kind of see her work. And so to be able to work a little more with her was awesome. Um, the letters VCs, Joe Sabino, I believe it's pronounced Sabino. Apologies if it's not. Uh, and the cover artist is, uh, this is the one I'm going to absolutely slaughter. I'm really, really sorry. It looks like Kirby Fagan really sorry if that's not your name. I'm very, very bad with names and I'm very, very bad with reading things. So here we are. Um, but yeah, so page one is a flashback page. Uh, in the sixth issue, you find out that the supposed villain is a kid. Uh, he's kind of unmasked. And so we start off, uh, issue seven from his perspective. Uh, it says, one year ago, Brooklyn Visions Academy. So we see that this kid is going to school with Miles. It's He's a transfer. This is He's new to the class, and he's also actually very young. He, he was bumped up uh, a grade. 
And so he feels very alone. Uh, and Paul does a really good job of kind of getting across in the first panel all of this just through his body language, uh, which is great. Uh, Miles immediately offers to show him the ropes. The kid's name is Augustine Torres. Um, so Miles and Augustine uh, seem to become friends. Miles is a little older, and so he kind of takes Augustine under his wing. And like you see them in chemistry class, kind of blowing something up. You see him in the hallway. Um, you know, Miles and his buddies, Judge and uh, uh, just laughing at something on his phone. And he invites Augustine in, which is really nice, which he definitely didn't have to do. Uh, so we're kind of setting up that this kid kind of feels alone, but Miles is someone who has gone out of his way to make him feel welcome. This is not the story of like a bully kid who decided to hurt a bunch of people because he was bullied. That's not his story. Um, page two, uh, flashback still, but a little, little less in the past eight months ago. Uh, we have a panel of Augustine uh, at, at the table with his parents uh, Ernesto and Sylvia. Augustine is also Afro-Latino. Uh, he's also Puerto Rican and black. His mom is black and his father is Puerto Rican. Uh, and we see that they're a close family. They're laughing. Um, you know, Ernesto is telling some sort of joke <laughs> that seems to land with his like, you know, 11, 12 year old son. Uh, so it was probably ridiculous and he's chewing with his mouth open. So it's a good time. Uh, next panel, six months ago, here we see uh, that there's kind of trouble and strife. Uh, Ernesto's lost his job and, and both Sylvia and Ernesto are very worried about kind of what's going to happen to them. And, uh, you know, we kind of get the sense that they don't really have a lot of money. They were a close family, but they were kind of just making it. And so uh, this is going to affect them very, very adversely very quickly um very soon after we have a panel of a robbery and we don't know it yet but we might recognize one of the robbers who is quietly assuring uh, a woman that he's actually not going to hurt her uh he just needs to move her out of the way so that she doesn't get hurt in case the police come so we see that this person is possibly not a monster uh and then in the next panel we kind of see Ernesto in the bathroom holding the mask of the robber from the last panel. So there's a reveal that, you know, Ernesto has turned to crime to kind of pay the bills because he doesn't really know what to do. Um, I wanted to kind of give the impression that like he, he didn't want to hurt anyone and he kind of got sucked into doing something for money quickly because they were in a lot of trouble uh, you know, there are a lot of people that live paycheck to paycheck, families that live hand to mouth, uh, who are literally one missed paycheck away from kind of everything collapsing. And I really wanted to get that across and wanted to show, you know, sometimes good people do things that are wrong because they do not understand how to navigate a system that is not set up to help them. Um and that is the case for Augustine's family. Uh, Ernesto is not a bad man, but he doesn't even know how to approach asking for help. And so he's kind of turned to crime to provide for his family. Um, and what we also see is that Miles, uh, not Miles, I'm sorry, uh, Augustine is watching him. 
he knows kind of what's going on. Not exactly, but he gets the idea that something is very wrong with his dad and he really wants to help. Um, We have another flashback panel. Five months ago, uh, the cops have caught them. So the idea, and we just didn't have a lot of room to give to it, but the idea was that Ernesto wanted to do kind of a couple of jobs, two or three jobs to kind of get them through until he could find a new job. Uh, So he hadn't been able to, he'd been looking for work, he hasn't been able to get it, but he wanted to get enough money, you know, squirreled away so that he could, you know, get back on his feet. Uh, Clearly not a wise move to to rob gas stations and stuff like that. But, you know, he's desperate and he's not really thinking. Um, He's not going to get into a shootout with the police. That's not the kind of guy he is. Uh, You don't really see it, but he gives up immediately, as do, you know, the people that he's with. They're not in it to hurt anyone. They've never hurt anyone. Uh, You know, I think, and this is something that we didn't have enough room to put in there, but I believe that uh, one of the things was, like, the guns that they have aren't even real, uh, they're toy guns. And so they're not, they're not trying to fight the cops. Page three, we jump into another, uh, kind of flashback. It says three months ago, and it is Ernesto being charged with robbery. Um, and the, the foreman of the jury is asking the judge to take into kind of, uh, take into, uh, what's it called? account, uh, that Ernesto never hurt anyone, that there was, you know, there was, the guns were fake. Uh, I don't think we wrote that in there, actually. I think that ended up not making it into the, into the text, but that he didn't hurt anyone. So when sentencing, please kind of keep that in mind. Um, and as we go along on this page, we see Sylvia and Augustine kind of watching Ernesto being led away in cuffs and Augustine is absolutely beside himself. He, you know, he loves his father very much. He looked up to him and he doesn't want him to go away. He doesn't want, he doesn't understand why his family is being ripped apart. Um, and he just, he can't let it go. Um, and we see Sylvia kind of comforting him, but also kind of not knowing, (laughs) not knowing what to say because there's nothing that she can say to make this better. They just kind of have to weather the storm together. Um, And then we have, at the end of the page, we have two more panels. We have a flashback panel to one month ago, um, and it is Augustine coming in from school to find Sylvia uh, sobbing at the table, just half a dozen bills, overdue final notices uh, on the table. And uh, she wasn't expecting him home, and so she kind of pulls herself together. But, you know, she doesn't want him to worry. She's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. We're going to be okay trying to hide from him just how serious things are because she loves him and because she doesn't want him to worry. Um, Sorry again for all the ums and ahs. Uh, Here we go. Page four. uh, It is the same. I think it's even the same afternoon, if I'm not mistaken, or or around the same time. But Augustine is doing his homework uh, with the news on in the background. And there's a story about Graviton who has the power to manipulate gravitons, <laughs> uh, which are very small particles. Um, I did a lot of a lot more research than it seems for this series. I'm a, kind of a big science and tech person. I, I don't understand how to interact with tech. I'm not that kind of tech person, more of a like con- 
concept tech person. I really like the idea of future tech. I'm a very big Star Trek person. And I love, you know, I love Sherry because she gets to invent all this really cool technology that makes sense theoretically, but we haven't been able to see it in the real world. And so I really dove into kind of being able to play around with with powers and with technology that affected things like gravitons. I was like, how do you do that? How do gravitons powers work? And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And like that led to figuring out how Augustine's eventual, and, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, his, his technology that he makes to, to mimic gravitons powers work and how they're different. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in, in the implications of theoretical science that's really, really fun to me. But anyway, so uh, Augustine's doing his homework and, uh, you know, he looks over his shoulder and he's like, oh, what do we have here? This guy can do things and he's so, you know, Graviton's so badass that he can escape the Avengers. How do you, how do you do that? Like, uh, so uh, what I, what I didn't mention here, uh, what yet rather was, is that, uh, Augustine goes to this kind of prestigious school. He's a physics uh, genius. He is going to the school on scholarship. He goes to Brooklyn Visions on scholarship. He is an actual genius. Uh, that's why he was put ahead of grade and, and why he does so well there, even though he's kind of shy and, and not the kind of person to... Yeah, anyway, he's a shy kid, but he's a genius. Uh, it was really important to me for him not just to be sympathetic, but to be intelligent and clearly intelligent. Um, we talk about representation a lot. Uh, and I think it's really important for characters to be nuanced. And I think that even though he is kind of the antagonist of issue six, I didn't want him to just be kind of this like mustache twirling, like bad egg kind of kid. I wanted to give him a reason to do what he did, but also I wanted to show that you know, this kid figured out how to mimic this incredibly powerful thing. He's so powerful that he was able to create a machine that it shouldn't really open black holes, that it's not a perfect machine, but something that was so powerful that it can manipulate space-time. Um, you know, because we need more brilliant brown kids in the world. Um, one of my kind of favorite anecdotal stories is you know some of the first black astronauts watched star trek and saw uhura and were like oh my god we can go to space we can do this cool stuff and i'm not saying that people <laughs> look at this and make you know gloves that manipulate space time but i i think it's really cool that we can affect reality through story um and we can our kind of theory and our you know not predictions, but our kind of imaginings can literally shape the world. Um, and so it's important to me in my work, both in franchise work and in my own creator own work to show marginalized people and underserviced people doing the cool stuff that traditionally they aren't shown doing so that maybe, you know, kids will look at it and go, Oh, I can do that kind of good stuff too. Um, hopefully the little geniuses to come <laughs> will be using their powers for good and not to rob banks, but you know, it's a start. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Augustine looks up Graviton, whose real name is Dr. Franklin Hall. And he does a search on <laughs> essentially JSTOR, but we 
can't do that because it's illegal. So scholar search. Uh, and what we don't show is that he's read a bunch of his papers. Um, and he's, uh, Dr. Hall is a physicist, I think, I believe in the research that I did. Um, and so he's kind of deconstructed his powers and figured out how to build a machine that mimics them. Uh, so Augustine, we get at the end of this page, building a pair of gloves out of all these parts that he's stolen from school um, and tools that he's stolen from school that will do that. Um, and then there was an ad for Spider-Man, Symbiote Spider-Man, which is pretty cool. And there's a bunch of ads. There's Stanley Soapbox, RIP. Uh, so then the next page of story is set now. Uh, Jersey City now. So in the last issue at the end, we leave our heroes facing off against Graviton, who is, <laughs> has also gotten these readings from these black holes and gone, I'm not causing these, but these have a similar signature to my powers. Uh, and he saw this kid and he's like, you totally like uh, stole my powers. And the kid's like, I'm a big fan of yours. I, to you know, I totally did. Uh, and so we kind of left it with a giant black hole in the sky, Graviton being like, I'm taking your, your stuff and the heroes facing off against him. Uh, also, sorry, just to back up a little bit. Um, it's kind of implied, but let me just make it clear. <laughs> uh, and it is spoken on a little later, but uh, I just wanted to state it now that Augustine is building these gloves to rob the banks that we see him robbing, uh, because he knows that his family is in trouble and because he is a child. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to instead of he's too young to get a job and instead of figuring out how to like you know busker for money or something like that he's like I'm gonna do a couple of big jobs no one will be hurt and then we'll have enough money so that we'll be okay if that sounds familiar it's because I literally said that a couple of minutes ago about his father not to say that his father was childish but just you know my, uh, Augustine was watching his father and going, well, my dad is a good person, and so this must be okay, in a very real way. Even though he kind of understands that, like, bank robbery is bad, he doesn't see it as a crime with victims because he does, he's not going to hurt anyone. Uh, and I think that's important, uh, especially for him to make him a little more sympathetic. He, he really, like, he's still a kid, and he just doesn't understand that just because you don't want to hurt people doesn't mean that people aren't going to get hurt. He doesn't understand that. Um, you can be a genius and still not have the kind of world experience to understand that. But anyway, so, jumping back to Jersey City now, uh, the heroes are facing off against Graviton. Graviton has uh, Augustine in his power clutches, and he has snatched the glove, uh, and there's a bunch of sass. Uh, Shuri's like, you know, release the boy, kid. And Graviton's like, I'm I'm so done with this already. It's just begun, and I'm I'm done with this. So Shuri's like, all right, we're gonna mess you up. And Miles, Miles, my good boy, uh, is shooting webs at Graviton's face. Uh, last panel on the page is Graviton trying to rip the webbing off of his eyeballs and saying, I hate children, which is fair. I love children, but like, you know, if they shot webs into my face, I wouldn't be too happy about it. Um, I wanted to set up a kind of like quippy, fast-paced dynamic, but I didn't want it to be completely kind of like 
childish. I wanted to feel like there were stakes uh, because a, this book is, you know, sure. He's not a child. <laughs> She's grown. Um, but B, because Graviton has a lot of power, like he's kind of OP. Uh, and so in order to, I wanted to f- kind of strike this balance where the younger people could kind of like say funny stuff and, 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 you know, use their powers in non-lethal ways to kind of annoy him. But I wanted, I wanted to drive it home that like, Gravitine ain't somebody to mess with. You know, he is kind of clowned by the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers for sure. But like, you know, no matter how many gadgets you have, this man can manipulate Gravitons. And that's that's not a joke. Uh, and that is not something that comes from like a glove or something like that. That is a power that he has because I think it's an accident. I think he got his powers from an accident. But anyway, they're they're inherent to him now. And so, you know, a couple of funny quips and some webbing is not going to cut it. Uh, next page, we have Shuri using some of her cool tech. She has a little, like, electric uh, net that she throws, uh, and she's trying to get Augustine away from Graviton. She's concerned for her safety, so her and Kamala work together. Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel catches Augustine, who's been whipped away by Graviton, who's very annoyed. Uh, and... Miles is trying to steal the glove back from Graviton. Graviton is very, very annoyed. Um, Paul did a lot on this page. Like, I've just described three panels of the, like, five. He he did a lot. And he fit a bunch of figures into panels in ways that, like, you almost, like, I don't know if very many people could put this much stuff onto a page and make it as smooth and as fluid as he does. So this was really something incredible to get these pages back and then to get them back in color because Tree is a, she's an actual genius, like straight up. So to see these in color really blew my mind. Um, But Graviton being as powerful as he is, is not stopped for very long by the electric net and kind of, or the energy net rather, and kind of breaks free of it with his powers. Miles snatches the glove midair. Graviton uses powers literally just to be like, yoink, thanks, uh miles is bummed about that (laughs) uh whoops i don't get it uh moving on to the next page graviton puts the glove on which another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Kind of warps and amplifies his powers. um, And he uses it to make the black hole bigger and stronger. He can manipulate the black holes even without the glove. And this is not something that we had time to talk about because it's an action scene. Um, But... He is never in danger from the black hole, but everyone else is. And they've been kind of trying to fight while still not be sucked into this black hole while he's been kind of just floating there. Like this is, this is a Tuesday. So he makes it even more unstable, um, which means it will collapse, but it's also like in danger of sucking up the neighborhood. Uh, And he kind of, he bounces and he's very impressed with the glove. So he says, you know, uh, the boy built this glove. It's crude, but intriguing. Uh, so he takes it because he's going to want to 
he's going to want to study it because if it can enhance his powers and give him more control than he already has, which is already pretty refined, then it will be very useful to him. So he's going to try to go backwards engineer it. Uh, he mocks the kids and flies off. <laughs> then on panel three of this page, which may be one of my favorite panels. It's weird to say that about something you like wrote yourself, but I made myself laugh pretty bad. Uh, we have the heroes kind of trying to anchor themselves to the ground or to anything to not be sucked into the black hole. So like Ms. Marvel is embiggened and is clinging to a building and is also holding uh, a streetlight, which Shuri has wrapped kind of her legs around and Shuri in turn is, has grabbed Augustine's legs to make sure that he doesn't get sucked into the black hole. Uh, and Miles, my sweet, sweet son, um, has webbed himself completely to a wall. Um, so we have Miles, or not Miles, uh, Augustine screaming, Shuri going, I don't know how long I can hold on. Uh, Kamala looking at Spider-Man going, did you, did you web yourself to a building? And Miles just being like, I panicked. All right. Like, I didn't know what to do, which to me is really funny in the last, <laughs> he's a very capable guy. I love Miles very much. In the last issue, we see him kind of try and cling to like a streetlight or whatever, but because he's anchored himself to something that is not very stable, he gets almost sucked up. So I wanted him to kind of panic in the moment and do something silly, but also something that works. Uh, the last panel on this page <laughs> is the black hole collapsing with a giant sound effect over it, which as I wrote it out, I could not believe that I was being paid to write this. It was, I was like, wow, I'm getting money. This is a thing I'm getting money for. It is Fathoom, very, very big in that cool old school, like, uh, comic book dotted color, which is really cool. Uh, so moving on to the next page, uh, everything comes crashing back down to the to the ground. There's like hot dog carts and a truck and a car. I guess no one was around in the truck or the car or anything like that. Doesn't seem like anyone got hurt. A bunch of umbrellas. Uh, is that a squirrel? Maybe not. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of objects falling <laughs> to the ground. Uh, we have... Shuri checking on Augustine, you know, are you okay? And uh, Miles off panel being like, um, can somebody help me please? <laughs> and then we have Kamala laughing at him and r ripping the webbing away, helping him rip the webbing away. She's still ginormous. Uh, Kamala is like having the time of her life. Like she understands the stakes. She doesn't think that's cool, but she is very much hyped to be fight alongside Shuri and hanging out with Miles and like I think also just in her mind is like wow no one got hurt in that one so that's good you know we'll figure out how to how to get the thing back and all that stuff but like this is pretty much a win-win situation in terms of like no one getting hurt and us saving this kid um so then we have Shuri kind of helping Augustine to his feet and asking him about the tech I think in the last issue uh, Augustine kind of explains that the gloves interact with the world on a quark level, which quarks are like the smallest particles or something, and they're highly unstable. And they have, I mean, 
don't get me started on particle, like theoretical particle, particle physics, because I have many questions as a philosophy person. But uh, one of the things that they are uh, supposedly able to do is pop in and out of existence. Uh, so kind of foundational to our world, our universe, is that matter cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes. When you eat a burger, you're not destroying the burger. You're just, or you're not destroying the, the matter that makes up the burger. You're just kind of changing the form. You're changing it into energy and breaking it down in your tum-tum and all that kind of stuff. So like matter just is here. <laughs> and so when you have something that can be and then suddenly not be and then come back, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, quirks are, there's a lot of theories about where they go when they disappear. Uh, some people theorize that it's a parallel universe, that quirks are able to kind of physically travel to alternate realities and stuff like that. I don't know if that's true, but it was a comic book. So I thought, what is more kind of powerful and intense than messing with gravitons? I know, quirks, because they can do things that even gravitons can't do, which is bonkers. Um, so Sherry's like, yo, so you built this thing that like can mess with these things that are so small and, and so unstable. You can actually manipulate those things. And Augustine's like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, on the next page, uh, we kind of get an explanation of what Graviton did. So, uh, Graviton used his powers to amplify the energy in the glove, uh, or, and collapse the black hole, make it more unstable because it was lasting too long, I guess. Um, I explain a little, uh, me, not me at all, Shuri. Shuri explains a little bit about quirks. Uh, in, I didn't want to drop too much into the comic, like exposition wise. I knew I needed to a little bit just to kind of set up why Graviton would care about this thing. And why it's so cool that a, like, 11-year-old built this thing or whatever. I think he's 11 or 12, I forget. Uh, but Shuri kind of gives us the lowdown of what they are. Um, kind of in the guise of explaining what they are to, I, I guess, Kamala and Miles. Although they, they pretty probably know a little bit about them. Maybe they haven't gotten to that part in their classes. But they're both really smart kids and, and go to, like prestigious schools of science and tech so uh but so sherry's like yo why would you do that <laughs> why would you make this um and augustine is kind of like look i didn't i didn't want to hurt anyone we just needed money and he kind of explains what i explained before you know uh and sherry's like what amount of money is worth putting yourself in danger and miles it's like it's not for me it's for my mom you know she had to get another job my mom went to prison he doesn't say prison uh, and I actually did this on purpose. Uh, and I say that, you know, uh, she has to get another job since my dad went away. And I wanted to kind of put that in there because to him, it almost is like, and this isn't, this is a thing that people can feel in this situation. It's not true, but it can feel this way. Like to him, it's almost like if he can fix this problem, then maybe his dad can come back. Maybe he isn't gone, gone. And prison, prison is a place where you go and that's it. Like it's, people do get out, but like prison is too real for Augustine to really kind of contemplate 
not just because of his age, but because just emotionally it's, it's too much, you know, he, he loves his father and he knows his father's a good man. And so it, it hurts too much to think about that. Um, so he, he kind of thinks around the problem. And so another reason that he's kind of trying to complete his father's work is, is he doesn't re he's smart. He does not really believe that it will fix it, but he feels it. He feels like if I can just fix these problems for my parents, I'll have my family again. Um, and that is kind of something that, you know, it doesn't matter how smart you are when you are put in a situation when you, where you are helpless and in pain, you know, you just want to make things better, especially if people that you care about are also kind of in pain. Uh, and I, again, wanted to kind of show that Augustine is a, is a very sympathetic character um, and even if we wouldn't make the same choices, I want people to kind of empathize with him and understand um, why he's making the choices that he's making. And so to not say prison there was really important because I think it kind of sets that up a little bit. It doesn't go as much into depth as what I'm talking about, but it gives you this sense that like he cannot accept his father is in prison. He just says he's away. So he's away. Maybe if I do this, he can come back. Um, Shuri, however, <laughs> is in the moment, right? I wanted to give a moment of like, you know, two panels of Augustine being kind of sad and, and, and not feeling sorry for himself, feeling sorry for himself, but kind of living in his pain. And we do get Shuri kind of with a sympathetic face in the background. Um, but then we're back to Shuri and she's like, all right, listen, whatever is going on, this is very dangerous. Your other glove exploded in the last issue we got to figure out how to like fix this because if Graviton messes with it and it explodes amplifying his power, we are in a lot of trouble. Uh, so yeah, next page, first panel, Augustine, I can help. Um, and this is important to me because Augustine wants to be somebody that's very helpful. He's a good boy. Um, he's, he's done bad things and he's made bad decisions, but ultimately he is someone who just wants to use his intellect and, and whatever resources he has to help people. Um, those people just happened to be his parents before and he did it in a way that is not great. Um, but so yeah, he's like, I can help. And Kamala's like, yeah, listen, dude, I understand that you're going through a lot and I'm really sorry that you are, but you did kind of like build those things and then use them for crime. So like, uh, <laughs> she's, be, she's doing her dang diddly best to like be sympathetic to him but also be like you are the reason we're, we're here and augustine's like i did i built those things and that means i know them i know the strengths and the weaknesses and i can help you figure out how to how they interact with graviton's powers um and shuri being very practical mostly because we needed her to be practical because i didn't want to have them call the cops on this child right now <laughs> I'll be oh real talk. I just didn't want to do that. Um is like I could figure out the solution, but I don't think I could do it in time. They are pressed for time because Graviton is also a genius and if he backwards engineers a glove and is able to kind of make it stable again, then that's it. Game over for the world. Um so sure he's like, I might not be able to do it in time. Um he can help and he can help us do this quickly. Um and in this panel, uh what I really like, and it was, I don't think it was in the direction, I can't remember, but like, sh we get a close-up of Shuri's face, and in the background we have Miles, Kamala, and Augustine, and Kamala kind of has her sh hands on his shoulders, and it's not a like, you stay right here, man, it's more of a like, 
grounding him like, okay, buddy, like, you know, you did bad, but also like, I get it. Like you're going through a hard time. So I I thought that was really cool. Um, it makes me think that I might be succeeding in, in my goal of making Augustine kind of an empathetic character. If, you know, my collaborator, Paul, um, kind of felt that Kamala should be interacting with him in a way that wasn't necessarily negative. Uh, so that's good. It just was like almost like a sisterly, like hands on the shoulders, which I really like. Miles spends like 99% of this comic with his mask on, which is like a Spider-Man thing, I guess, but like we can't see his face. But I imagine that like he, he knows who Augustine is, right? So like since he was unmasked, Miles has really been doing his best not to speak too much um, directly to Augustine because he thinks that he'll be recognized. And also trying, like, he interacts with Augustine in their real life in a very specific way, which is kind of big brother and take you under my wing and and really cares about him. And he is struggling uh, silently (laughs) with the idea that this boy who he kind of took under his wing has been going through so much and he had no idea and that would have been a lot easier to do if he didn't have his mask but of course he's spider-man so he has to wear his mask so i guess i'm just saying it to you guys spread the word that is what's going on with miles here Um, we also just didn't have a ton of space to kind of give them that moment um my one of my big regrets is that I, i didn't have another two pages because i really would have liked to give them a moment um at the end with and and we'll see what the situation is at the end but with miles without the mask not as spider-man but as miles speaking with augustine and and kind of supporting him um and i'll talk about it a little bit more when i get there but i would have loved to have done that unfortunately i couldn't because this was the kind of you know this was the culmination of all the action from the last issue and and having to fix all the stuff that has gone on so uh but anyway uh Augustine uh, talks about knowing Graviton's source material and, like, the research, and and he also says, like, I'm not trying to get out of trouble. I know I did bad, and I just want to help fix it. Please, you know, let me let me help. And Miles is struggling, and he's like, oh, I don't know. Not because he doesn't want to, but because he's in a situation where he feels really close to what's going on, and I think if it was up to him he would he would probably really consider letting augustine just go um i think ultimately there has to be consequences and i think miles feels that as well but like as someone who has a real deep connection with augustine and an understanding uh now of his motivations and an understanding of his character and his his him as a person uh Miles would be tempted to just straight up let him go. So he he is thinking, I don't think I'm the one to make any decisions about what's going on. Uh, so in the next panel, Kamala's like, yeah, you know, what do you say? And Miles is like, yep, it's your call, princess. Uh, he calls Shuri princess because he thinks it's really cool that she's a princess. <laughs> uh, he thinks that she is super cool and that everything she can do is super cool. And uh, if this was Adventure Time and not... Uh, <laughs> not sure he'd call her science princess because that is like the ultimate thing. Uh, but yeah, he leaves it up to her because again, he doesn't feel like he's the right person to make that call. He also doesn't want to be recognized. Uh, he does and, and doesn't want to be biased. He, I think he understands that he's kind of 
unbiased here. Uh, Shuri goes on to say, yeah, let's do this. You know, we need to figure out how to disarm the glove and we need to do it as quickly as possible, basically. Augustine is like, oh, yeah. Well, no, he's like, awesome. Like, thank you for this chance. If it was me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, because I'm not as good a person as Augustine. Um, And I'd use it as an excuse to show what kind of cool stuff I could do. Uh, next page, we uh, have Augustine kind of pulling up the schematics of the glove and and also uh, the paper that he kind of based the physics on, I guess. Uh, something about particle acceleration. It's a good time. I did, again, some research. You do so much research when you have to write characters that are way smarter than you. I'm not this smart. Uh, clearly. <laughs> so you do all of this research and then you have to figure out the cleanest way to pack it in. And like it tip of the iceberg, the stuff that I put in here is the tip of the iceberg in terms of like what I was looking up. My computer had so many tabs open. It was like a conspiracy corkboard. Like it was crazy uh, in the best of ways. And by, uh, I did not mean to say crazy. I meant, uh, bonkers. Let's, uh, let's use that instead. Cause I don't really like the word crazy. Uh, but here we are. Anyway. So he, he drops it. He's a physics buff. Um, sure. He looks at them and is like, Hmm, you know, I need more sophisticated tools than we have right now. Um, and originally I think I can talk about this hopefully, uh, uh, so Kamal in the next panel, Kamala takes the phone and is looking at it. And uh, originally she was going to suggest a place to go, uh, which was going to be Bruno's house because uh, Bruno, her, her BFF uh, went to Wakanda to study. So there was a connection between Bruno and Shuri, but also because Bruno would have all these tools because he's constantly building all kinds of bonkers, like super science. Uh, but um, and we'll see this uh, in the next scene. Um, we I wrote it out that way, and it just was adding an element that was ultimately unneeded. It would have been cool to kind of have them interact, um, but we didn't have enough room to really space it out. And also, it just didn't make sense to have them go to Bruno's house and kind of suck him into this and then not to just go there and leave. Um, so we didn't do that. Um, but yeah, that was the original idea, um, which I thought was kind of cool. To me, uh, Miles gets a lot of kind of moments in issue six, and sure, he gets issue, uh, you know, moments all over the place because it's her book. And Augustine gets a lot of ish- uh, moments in, in this issue. And Kamala didn't really get as much time as I would have liked to give her. I, I love her. She's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. And that scene would have given a little bit more of her kind of shining, but we, we didn't have the space for that. Uh, I, if I had had one more issue, let me tell you, there'd be a lot of Kamala being absolutely awesome. Uh, she's highly intelligent and really kind of aggressively positive and also just, just really fun. And that is actually like my one real big, regret or one of two big regrets is that I couldn't give Kamala her 
her moment to shine. I think that she feels a little bit like a secondary character hero, which everyone is except for Shuri, of course, because it's her book, but you know, I wish that I could have given her more. So uh, if anyone from Marvel is listening, uh, you know, uh, if you ever need another little side issue and do you want to let me play with Kamala, you know, on the side, then I would love to. Uh, anyway, so Kamala takes the phone, looks at the schematics and is like, oh, I, you know, I would totally tell you uh, to go to our lab at the high school, but it was destroyed in the last issue. So I don't know what to do. Uh, and her kind of speaking here is a remnant of the segue into Bruno's house. But the next panel we have Augustine going, well, actually, I kind of know somewhere to go. Um, and I, I haven't said as much about the colors as I should, but just just noting here that we have a lot of that really cool kind of dotted pattern that like four color style, but not actually four color panel, like or rather color work in the backgrounds in this issue. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. it Tree does a great job of using it to kind of make things flow and make them dynamic while not being distracting. It's to me a lot a lot more pleasing to the eye than just kind of a blank uh, color over and over and over again. I like like when you don't have the backgrounds, but you put in a color, like I do like that. Uh, but Tree does a good job of kind of using it to break up those kinds of panels so that it's not all the same. Uh, Tree's an actual genius. As I said before, I love her work. And if I could work with her forever, I would do that. Um, to be fair, I, Honestly, all of the colors I've ever worked with, if I could work with them forever, I would do that. Uh, so uh, last uh, panel of the page. We are back in Augustine's apartment, which we showed in the first couple of uh, pages. And we are in his living room. Kamal's kind of looking out, making sure no one saw him come in. Uh, Augustine has a box of all of the tech bits and bobs um, that he borrowed from his school uh to make the gloves to begin with miles is on the couch watching television <laughs> which i really like <laughs> um and miles is explaining like my mom's not going to be home she has the night shift at her second job this week again grounding us in the fact that like th- his family has kind of been torn asunder by bad choices but also by the fact that like his dad lost his job. Even if his father hadn't turned to crime, uh, if he hadn't been able to find work, his mother would have to be out of the house more, double job, and that's a lot. And that's a reality for a lot of families. I myself have worked multiple jobs. I don't have children, but like multiple jobs at a time. There was a span of time where I was working two jobs, no day off, sometimes two in the same day. And, you know, it can be, it can be a lot. It can put a lot of strain on a person and not their family. And so I kind of wanted to touch on that because also uh <laughs> I my mom was a single mom she had a bunch of kids and there were a bunch of kids in the house at any given time and she worked very 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 hard she's a wonderful woman um but it is something that affects the family and it can be kind of like lonely and one of the things that I like about the way that Paul designed the house was there's a lot of really cool stuff like in it there are like pictures on the walls like a couch and some plants and stuff but I feel like there is an emptiness, like there are cracks in the corners and stuff where you're just like, yeah, this is a home and it's somewhere where people live, but like everything is not perfect. 
Um, and I like that he did that with the space. Uh, the next page is what would have been the Bruno interaction and stuff. And I actually, I, I much prefer what happens here. I think that my editors, as always, uh, were geniuses and <laughs> their notes and really drew out what I wanted to do with the scene and knew that we needed kind of a scene where Shuri had a heart to heart with Augustine, like them connecting. It didn't have to be like, you know, any sort of come to Jesus moment, but like we needed her and him to see eye to eye. And we needed, I think in order for Augustine to really make sense on this team, we needed her to accept him onto the team. He's not on the team forever. That's not what I'm saying. But for this particular adventure, even like he needed to go from being the villain in the last issue to kind of beginning his redemption. And to me, that starts with Shuri really not just because it is her book, but because she is the oldest one here. She is kind of the leader and she also, she's, She's been through a lot and she, I think, would connect with him. I think she would understand, not literally because she is a princess, but like understand that there are things that people do when they are desperate. Um, so we have, this page is a scene of them kind of speaking to each other um, where Augustine is like, you know, I'd really like to help. And Sherry kind of rebuffs him at first. She's like, I got this. And then she's like, you know, but thank you. And then Augustine feels comfortable enough um, because of the tone in the thank you, I guess, to sit down with her and just kind of be like, hey, you know, I never meant to hurt anyone or to destroy things, you know, and I really just want to make things right. Um, and Sherry kind of asks him, like, the question that, like, people really should ask when kids act out and often don't, which is like, why do you, why are you doing this? Why, why is this happening? Um, and specifically, Sure, yes, you know, there had to be another way to help your mom or whatever. Like, why are you doing this? Uh, and Augustine responds, um, you know, my dad got fired from his job and then he started doing jobs and that's kind of like bolded and italicized. Uh, uh, and he got away with it a few times and got caught and arrested. So I thought maybe if I do just one big job, then things would be okay, which is a very childish but understandable way to kind of look at the situation where it's like dad was thinking too small he's robbing liquor stores and 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 you know whatever if i rob a bank we'd have all the money and then my mom could like rest and not be sad all the time and stuff like that like and that was also important in the way that he says it he's like if i do one big job things would be okay and that encompasses mom not having to work so much but also kind of encompasses, like, maybe Dad, like, could come back. Um, and again, he's he's not a fool. But he is, you know, he's a child. He's hurting. Um, and no one's really asked him how he's felt about this. His mom has been very kind of like, I'll be strong for my family. I love my son. I'll take on all this extra work and these burdens and try to shield him. But, like, no one's really asked him how he feels and what he's going through. And so that was another reason why I thought it would be good to have Shuri uh, do this. She is usually the younger sister, but to have her in the role of the older sibling, I thought would be really cool because, I, again, I think that being a younger sibling, she would understand that, like, there's a lot more going on than, than people are giving credit for. 
Um, we have a panel of kind of like Augustine crying, which makes me very sad. Uh, and uh, he says, you know, I know it was wrong, but ever since dad went, went away, again, that went away, uh, things have been so bad. I feel like I can't control anything anymore. I wish I hadn't done this. My mom is going to be so sad. Um, you know, and that kind of idea of like, I was so out of control that I needed to do something to take it back is universal human stuff, man. Um, you know, that is the reason behind a lot of destructive and self-destructive behavior. And I think that one of the real tragedies is that, you know, we have this situation with this kid who is clearly in pain and, and acting out and, you know, in real life, not as much people robbing banks with magical gloves or super science gloves or whatever. But, you know, there are a lot of kids that do really dumb crap or, you know, harmful stuff. But it's it's for this reason. They feel so out of control. They have to do something to take it back. My mom was a social worker for 30 years also, and she worked with kids. So, like, I've heard a lot of stories. And I've seen a lot of people in pain, um, both children and, and, and grown folk. And, uh, you know, we'd live in a much better world if people would ask each other what they needed and if they would try and kind of connect with them on that level instead of just being like, well, you're a problem, so I'm going to get rid of you. Or you're a problem, so you have to go to jail or, you know, whatever, like leave the house or whatever it is. Um, So I just want to kind of, I wanted to give a moment to that too, Um, you know, I really, really wanted people to connect with Augustine. I hope they do. I didn't want, I wanted to explain why people do things that really don't make sense, often are in against their own self-interest, um, but make, make, make it kind of make sense. Ugh, the way I said that was, was not good. Uh, sorry. I wanted to show why people act in ways that are against their self-interest and I wanted to make it make sense. Uh, right. Moving on. Uh, the next panel, uh, Sheree uh, says, you know, where I come from, there are resources in place to help in situations like these. <laughs> Wakanda. Uh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful civilization. Uh, you are not a bad person, Augustine. Perhaps when this is all over, I can help you and your mother. Uh, and, Augustine believes her. And he's like, really? Which I, I, I think that, I don't know if it's earned yet. I think so, but I'm not sure. Um, but this was, we didn't have very much time. So <laughs> I had to have him trust her. I think because she showed that she was willing to trust him, he, and then in turn would trust her a little. So, uh, yeah. Wakanda is great. Uh, there are all kinds of social services. <laughs> no one is destitute. If you are unable to work, you are still taken care of. There's like, I assume universal health care. I assume programs to help people get jobs. I also assume people are compensated correctly for the jobs they're doing. Wakanda sounds great. So Sherry offers to help. And Augustine's like, oh, really? Uh, and then Sherry's like, all right, uh, we got to get back to fixing this thing. She has been building through this time. It looks like a TV remote. <laughs> Uh, it is a remote that should interact with the glove and I, it's supposed to turn it off. Um, like completely turn off the power source. So essentially make it inert, not necessarily like it doesn't break it, but it just makes it inert for the moment. So she's been building this thing and she's like, Hey, while you're here, 
how about you help me, you know, make sure that this remote is going to do what we wanted to do and blah, 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 because you designed it and yada, yada, yada. And Augustine's like, yeah, awesome. Sure. Thanks. Uh, next page, we go to Staten Island, New York. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a place where you could have this, this supervillain kind of easily find a construction site, but have it be isolated enough where, <coughs> pardon me, where like no one knew he was there doing what he was doing. And I was like, that's not Manhattan. Uh, in Brooklyn, there would be no power running to the construction site, no matter how far along the construction was. I was like, ah, Staten Island. Also, because I have a good friend uh, who lived on Staten Island, is from Staten Island, um, and I wanted to shout out to Staten Island, even though, you know, it's Staten Island. Just kidding. No, it's fine. Uh, I wanted to... uh, I wanted my buddy to open up this book and be like, yo, Staten Island, (laughs) because that's what New Yorkers do. So uh, we're on Staten Island. There's a big construction site. Uh, Paul did a wonderful job in doing establishing shots in ways that left plenty of room on the page for all the other cool stuff. Shout out to Paul for that. I asked a lot of him in this issue because we really had to pack in a lot and he more than rose to the challenge. He absolutely crushed it. Uh, besides the acting that all of the characters are doing, the facial expressions, the the positions of their bodies, all that really fun stuff. He did a lot with backgrounds and with environment. Uh, so much more than I thought would happen. Not because I didn't believe in him, but literally because I was like, there's so much to do. So shout out to Paul. You're awesome. Um, Anyway, we're in Staten Island. We see this is a construction site, but that there's like power everywhere, which explains why the tools will work. Uh, and Graviton's talking to himself because he's a supervillain. That's what they do. He's like, I, seems like I owe the boy an apology. This is not crude at all. It's not so complex that I can't unlock its secrets. Da, 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 da. I just needed people to understand that he hadn't finished backwards engineering it, but he had been fiddling with it. And then we get a not so fast. And then, he, and then Graviton's like, Ugh. he just sighs like, oh, come on. these darn meddling kids. Um, and then we get the big superhero reveal, even though it is one of five panels on the page. Again, Paul did so much with so little space. Super amazing. Uh, but we get like, and then big and Kamala looking so cool. And, uh, you know, Shuri front and center with the remote, which kind of looks like it, like an ITV remote now that I think about it. And Spider-Man, you know, doing Spider-Man poses, which is pretty cool. I wonder if like they waited until they were in position before saying anything. Not so sure. But I don't know. It just seems like their poses are super perfect. And then Augustine all in the way in the background by the door, like, Ooh, uh, I'm tech support. Uh, next page, Graviton has the glove on and he kind of uses it to channel his power um and he says you realize my powers don't come from the glove right like he just cannot fathom why these kids won't leave him alone why they're obsessed with this glove because sure he's like you know we're gonna be taking that glove um and tree did something really cool as always with the uh 
with the powers, with Graviton's powers being channeled through the glove, they've changed color completely. And they've changed color both from what Graviton's powers look like and from what the glove kind of shooting energy before looked like. It looks kind of like a little bit like literal rips in time space, like galaxy. It almost looks like you can see stars in the energy, which is super cool. I just noticed them and it is blowing my mind. I haven't seen this in physical copy. I've only seen the PDFs. So I'm even more excited to see it printed because it probably looks super dope. Uh, but he shoots the the energy out of the glove and all the kids dodge in a very almost like end of a 90s movie like or 80s movie jump like which is pretty cool and there's like a sound effect which is also part of the energy which I, I always love. I'm a mark for stuff like that I love when the sound effects are part of the environment or like you know, the sound seems to physically like inhabit space. I love that kind of stuff. It's not always necessary. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I think it's super cool. Uh, next panel, uh, you know, Shuri's trying to explain, hey, that tech is dangerous. It's going to cause another event horizon, blah, blah, blah. And Graviton's like, you think I care? <laughs> like, do you think I'm afraid of a black hole? Like control Gravitons and now apparently quarks. Uh, and he shoots at Shuri. Um... And he catches her in the wings. She has this really cool set of wings, which come out of her necklace, which I think is really cool. Uh, and they, they're they like these like metal nanite wings, which is cool. So he shoots her in the wings. Uh, she drops the remote. We see Augustine's hand reaching for it. And then Graviton is like monologuing a little bit. He's like, "Ugh, I'd hope the glove would be an amplifier, but it looks like it also acts like a channel, annoying but workable. I wanted, to, I needed to throw this in just to explain why he only seems to be using the glove. Um, because I needed, I needed his power to be nerfed a little bit. And so if it is, if the energy itself is more powerful, but he can only manipulate it through that glove and kind of where it's pointing, uh, that kind of worked with for what we needed, which was like, we we gave a character who has already kind of unfathomable powers, even more power. And so I was like, oh, we got to fix it. So that was, a, that was our fix for that. Uh, Kamala, you know, Shuri is shot in the wings and kind of spiraling. Kamala catches her. Kamala spends a lot of time catching people in this, which MVP, outfielder, really great. You know, a lot of respect. Again, I wish I'd had more time to give her her moment, uh, but it is not to be underestimated how important being that kind of character is to make sure that everyone doesn't die. It's underappreciated. She's probably a mercy main. I'm just saying, like, I appreciate you. Um, Shuri explains that her wings are unstable now, so she, like, whips them off. I need to show you not to fly anymore, I guess. I need to show how dangerous the energy was without actually hurting anyone. And without immediately causing a black hole. I mean, there is also a black hole, but like, I wanted I wanted the stakes to raise a little bit so that he's no longer just kind of sh- shooting around them um, or trying to grip them with his power. But now his power makes things unstable. It basically makes things kind of act like quarks do, uh, which if you hit a person would be muy bad. So I wanted it like it hit the wings, so she's okay. But I wanted it to kind of indicate that. Uh, and Sherry's like, in the next panel, is like, uh, you know, if we if we can't depower the glove, then we have to take it off. Uh, you know, it's a channel. All his powers focus through it, which I wanted, again, to kind of underscore 
for people reading, like, you can only use his powers through the glove now, so, you know, they have a chance. Uh, next panel is Augustine working on the remote, uh, kind of muttering into himself, like, oh, he must have, you know, he modified the glove to tap into his power, so there's no off switch, but... Uh, maybe I can cause a feedback loop that would force him to turn it off. And basically it's an, like implies like if he doesn't turn it off, it would blow him up. Um, so that's what he's going to do because Augustine's a little tiny genius and I love him very much. He made a lot of bad choices, but he's, he's ultimately a good boy. Um, Miles comes in the whole one and is quipping at Graviton. Uh, He's like, the whole one glove thing went out in the 80s, my guy, which I love Miles. To me, Miles is just like, I just imagine him talking like my brothers and it makes me really happy. Uh, and after watching the movie, that's mostly true, which is great. So when I, my approach to writing Miles was what would my brothers sound like if they were teenagers now? We are all in our 30s or yeah, I think all, all in our 30s now. So it's, we're very far from being teenagers, but that is how I approach Miles uh, as one of my brothers. Uh, Graviton is mondo annoyed with this kid, and he's like, what is with you people in quipping? <laughs> Even though he villain monologues all the time, I wanted to kind of like nod to how, how ironic that is. Uh, Augustine tosses the newly revamped remote through the air and is like, Ms. Marvel here. And then we have an ad for extinction X-Men grand design number one, which is dope because it is a cover with storm on it. Uh, so next page, uh, Kamala grabs the remote and Shuri is dodging a bunch of the energy and the energy causes a huge black hole in the floor. Uh, but Shuri's, pretty badass so she's like about to fist fight this dude um she's kind of like i told you not to do this it's gonna cause a black hole and he's like i literally don't care you guys are really annoying me uh she judo flips him which i think is great <laughs> i wanted her to get physical with him because i wanted him to kind of underestimate her and get just get close enough when he was like so annoyed that she would be able to do that sure he's clearly a master of obigil indian martial arts probably and so you know she's not just a, a brain she's also a, a fist so i wanted her to get a chance to kind of like be like you know what i'm tired of you being a jerk and flip him um kamala comes in and is holding him down with her giant hand and clicks off the glove or rather I guess uh yeah causes a feedback loop and <laughs> she says a line which made me laugh when I wrote it and it makes me laugh when I read it and the corresponding line was taken off which is a bummer but also makes sense um but she says he Graviton in the panel before goes, you brats are really starting to irritate me. And Kamala's like, wait until I tell you about the fundraiser for my school's basketball team, which if you are from New York or probably New Jersey is hilarious to you. Um, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and then he was supposed to respond with, I don't even have, like, who, oh no, I think he was supposed to respond with, no one carries cash anymore. 
which I thought was hilarious. I know why my editors wanted gone, and I agree. Still made me laugh. Uh, Shuri says, it's working. Then on the next page, uh, we had to add a line in because we didn't have enough space to kind of space. What was that? <laughs> enough space to deal with the black hole on camera. So we just had, you know, it's a picture of the glove kind of smoking as it turns off. And uh, someone going, that new black hole is already gone. Uh, Shuri, Shuri is saying that new, new black hole is already gone. And then, oops, sorry. Been a long couple of days. I have been at multiple conventions and speaking engagements. And so I am very, very sleepy. <laughs> um, but this is a lot of fun. So I'm glad I'm doing it. Anyway, uh, Graviton is yelling, you know, get off of me. And Kamala is yoink grabbing the glove and going gladly. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near this dude. And then Graviton again reiterates, you do understand I still have my actual powers, yes? And Kamala responds as she holds the glove with, we, we were taking one this one problem at a time. And Shuri, oh, we see on the bottom of the panel that the black hole is kind of closing. Uh, and Shuri says, the Avengers are already on their way, Graviton. We just arrived faster. Graviton is looking out the window like, ugh. He's like, uh, what a monumental waste of time. So the problem here that we faced was that Graviton is crazy powerful and could kill them all if he wanted to. I didn't want him to just straight murder children. So my approach, which was very much supported by the editors, was that he just doesn't see them as a threat. He's just annoyed by them. He wanted the glove. He took it. They came. He's super annoyed. But he doesn't actually see them as a threat. So he's not about that child murder life. He's just like, whatever. This is not worth the effort. I'm out of here. Like that kind of feeling. Um, imagine, yeah. He's just, he, he's not going to kill them because they're not worth his time. Uh, so he's like, what a monumental waste of time. And then the next panel, we see him looking over his shoulder at Augustine He's like, mm, except for you, you got a lot of potential. You know, I'll be watching what you do, kid. And, and he flies out the window. Uh, and we still needed to kind of make it clear that they weren't just letting him leave. Um, so Miles is like, uh, are the Avengers really coming? And Sherry's like, I, you know, relate our plan to them. And they agreed to let us handle the glove. Uh, they should intercept him within the next 60 seconds. I think my thinking here... Oh, and then Kamala is, like, texting the rest of the champions just in case. Um, and Augustine's like, that was bonkers. Uh, the idea was that... Um, Shuri was like, I can de deactivate the glove and handle the tech. I understand the tech. You do not understand the tech. Let me get that. And then you guys kind of take over. Um it'll make, you know, there'll be less casualties, blah, blah, blah. And I imagine that the leader of the current leader of the Avengers was like, all right, well, we'll pick him up when he inevitably just, you know, bounces. Uh, and also, uh, I think Augustine would have been in more danger if there were a bunch more superheroes. So we were just like, let's keep this small. I wanted kind of this crew to solve the problem because this crew has been with it the whole time. I didn't want to bring in the rest of the, the Avengers because this is their, this is their job. You know, this is, 
you know, they, they needed to see this through to the end. Um, so next, next page. Uh, one week later, the Bronx, New York city in the Bronx, there is their juvenile facilities and prisons and all that kind of fun stuff, not prisons, but like jails and stuff like that. So we find ourselves at a juvenile detention center in the Bronx. Uh, again, Paul did an amazing job doing establishing shots in like very small space, but making it count. Uh, I also love the lettering. Seriously. I haven't talked about that at all throughout this entire uh, issue, but the sound effects absolutely blew my mind. And then I really like, the establishing captions a lot. Clearly the, the regular captions are a hundred percent on point, but I really like the standouts to me were the sound effects. They were truly, truly amazing. And the, and the establishing captions. Um, so, uh, we kind of go into the facility and we see Shuri and Augustine playing chess. Uh, and you know, Augustine is just one and, He's like, oh, checkmate. And, you know, Sherry's like, oh, I must be rusty. That's great. Uh, I wanted them to have kind of a cute moment. Um, I also wanted to show that uh, he beat her at chess because I thought that would be cute. And she's not letting him win, but she's not mad about losing either. Um, so this was initially a scene in which Miles and Sherry were visiting Augustine in, in Juvie. And I really, that's my second big regret is that I couldn't give Miles and Augustine the the kind of closure moment and give Miles a big brother moment here. But ultimately, this is Sherry's book, and I needed her to kind of close things out. Um, the idea was, and it was just, there wasn't enough room to really show this, but like, Sherry made sure that Miles could... M- Shuri asked Augustine who would be on the visitors list and made sure that whoever he wanted to visit him could visit. And Miles was, besides his mom, that person because Miles was always really good to him. Um, but like I said, this is Shuri's book and she really needed kind of this quiet moment with Augustine, uh, you know, and, and the three of them, I did write out the scene um, and the three of them, it was a very different vibe. It was still really touching and, and heartfelt, but Sherry was sidelined there. Um, and it just felt like there was not enough room for anyone to kind of say what they needed to say. So ultimately, uh, you know, the editors, again, giving great notes, as always, uh, they were right. And so we took Miles out, which made me a little bit sad. Uh, but I think this is a much better scene for it. So we have uh, Augustine, you know, saying thank you for coming to visit Princess Shuri and for getting my mom a new job. Uh, And I then just wanted to be specific about what the job was. I don't know why, but it felt important to me to kind of ground it in something that made sense Um, and not just be like, you know, Shuri's just going to give them a bunch of money and that's it because that's not, I don't think that his mother would accept that kind of help. Uh, and also that seemed to me less realistic, you know, and Shuri is an incredibly intelligent person and thinks in the longer term. And I think just a lot of cash is short term. That's the thing that kept getting, (laughs) you know, the other Taurus is in trouble. That's 
you know, why Ernesto is in trouble, why my, uh, Augustine is in trouble. And so Shuri kind of being forward thinking is like, we need to, you know, teach a man a fish instead of giving him a fish, basically. Um, and in this case, uh, Shuri offered Sylvia a job um, because she has, you know, a decade of experience in library science and event coordination. And so she got her a job as the assistant archivist for the Wakandan Embassy in New York, which seems so specific. I needed it to be something that was believable, where it wasn't just like, we're going to give you a job that doesn't matter. I was like, Sylvia's probably a very, very capable woman. Um, her son is a straight up genius. I'm sure she that he gets it from his mom. <laughs> uh, so I just kind of wanted to also just close it out by like having readers, if they cared about the family, know that they're going to be okay. Um, you know, Sylvia has lost a lot, but you know, she has now a stable and steady job, which will give her health insurance and compensate her properly, which is again, oh, what kind is the best. Um, and, and, you know, when Augustine gets out, he will have a stable environment, which is important. Um, and probably, uh, anyway, so moving on to the next panel, cause it'll touch on what I want to say. Uh, Shuri says, of course I would visit and I plan to monitor your education closely to see if you qualify for our high school exchange program when you have finished your time here, here being juvie. You're an intelligent young man and more importantly, an empathetic one, a model candidate for the exchange. So I wanted to kind of show that like part of stability is an investment in education, um, as well as trying to work with someone's circumstances. Uh, Augustine is a very smart boy um, and he just needs a, a chance to use that for good and instead of just kind of throwing him to the side and letting him inhabit a space where he will definitely become a villain, uh, you know, we have two options. Dr. Hall said, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on you. And Sherry says, I'll be keeping an eye on you. I want to give you a chance because I understand that you're not evil. You just made bad choices again. <laughs> um, this is the second book in which I'm dealing with like prison and stuff like that, that I've written for Marvel. I just realized, uh, I guess it's a theme. I don't know. Uh, it's something that is important to me uh, and kind of who gets punished and why they get punished and how severely they get punished. Uh, and it's something that I think is really important that, you know, we don't think about as often as we should, because it's hard to think about. It's really painful to think about, uh, you know, the idea that people will be punished more harshly just because of where they live or, you know, a specific group that they belong to is really, really rough. And, uncomfortable and so it's easier not to think about that but you know writing someone off because of them having difficulties and you know their circumstances is very unfair uh and I think that the more superhero thing to do is to figure out how to help people and I think that you know a very big problem too with ugh, there's so many problems with with prison but is that it's not actually about rehabilitation. And so I kind of wanted to show that, you know, part of dealing with that is finding ways to help people find better options. Um, and so Shuri is like, mm, an exchange program where this person gets to kind of 
use their intellect for the betterment of themselves and others would be really great. It wouldn't work if Augustine wasn't empathetic, of course, but like, I believe that most people (laughs) that are sitting in prisons are empathetic human beings. So maybe that's just me. Uh, But I just wanted to make it clear kind of that Sherry's not giving up on him. Um, That this boy is not going to be lost and that his mother is not going to lose everything. I think that there is so much tragedy in the people that are left behind. And I kind of wanted to give a little hope there. (laughs) Um, So uh, next panel, we have a guard informing people that visiting hours are over. And so Augustine and Cherry are saying goodbye. Uh, Augustine says, my buddy Miles said he was coming to visit me soon. So uh, you don't have to worry about me. Okay. Uh, So I wanted to throw in that Miles has not given up on him either because Miles is not a fair weather friend. He's a good boy. (laughs) Um, And then Sherry says, you know, be well. And Augustine uh, responds in kind. The next page. Sherry is looking sad. She is, is she on the roof? Yeah, on the roof. On the roof of the building, she uses her kamoyo beads to communicate with her mama. And uh, they have a moment. They haven't spoken in a week or so uh, since Sherry came out to see what was up with them black holes. And her mother, in the last issue, when they realized it wasn't the the landlubber, or the space lubber, sorry. There's a lot. There's a lot of bad guys. And also, apparently, pirates. Um... Uh, Sherry was like, called her mother up and was like, oh, I might come home. And the queen was like, or you could see this through. This seems important and you should see it through. Don't come home until you're ready. Ready to do what you need to do in Wakanda, which is also a reason why Sherry kind of left to give herself some time to think. Um, She wasn't abandoning any of her responsibilities. That's not how she rolls, but she did need a breather. And this was kind of the perfect way to do that. And the queen recognized that and said, why don't you see this through? Because you need to for you. Uh, And so this is kind of a call back to that conversation where Shuri says, you know, I'm ready to come home. There's a lot of work to do. And, you know, I'm sure that the queen is very happy that she will have her daughter home soon. Uh, Next page, uh, Kamala and Miles, well, in costume, Ms. Marvel and Spider-Mans, because they have not revealed their identities to Shuri. Although I don't know how much the domino mask works, but that's fine. Um, Are hugging, and they're like, oh, uh, Kamala's like, let me know next time you're in town. I can show you all the great food Jersey has to offer. I love Kamala so much. And uh, Shuri is all about that. Miles is very cute and very cheeky. And he says, it was great working with you. Let me know when you're in Brooklyn next and I'll get you real pizza and make up for the fact that you had to stop, that you stopped in Jersey. Kamala's like, yo, <laughs> Uh, there is a very real rivalry between New York and Jersey and it's not, it's not a hate thing. I think it's like a, it's like a sibling rivalry almost. Uh, and so they kind of rip each other and Miles is like, oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, and Sherry hugs him. Uh, they bonded. Definitely. He thinks she's the coolest. 
she gets back in her plane and kind of throws up the peace sign. What's up, my buddies? And Kamala and uh, Miles are waving. And Kamala calls him a jerk. And he's like, I was kidding. I'm sure. To me, 100%, they constantly, in my mind, they rib each other about being from New York and New Jersey. Like, there's no way they don't. Literally no way. they. Do. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so I wanted to nod to that. I wanted to say to all my Jersey folks, I love you. I'm from New York, y'all from Jersey is fine. It's good. We're always going to rib each other though. And I feel like that is love. Um, and then we have the final panel and it is Sherry smiling as she pilots her dope ship. Uh, and it says the end because this is the end of this two-parter. Uh, so that was, Ooh. And then we have a, a preview of the cover for the next one, which is dope, which is Sherry's face. And then around it, seems to be a kind of cyberpunky overlay of a black panther so maybe she's gonna go and put on the costume i don't know i don't know if that's true um because i didn't write the next one the next one is back to the original team which is fantastic and if you haven't checked out issues one through five you know this you're missing out so please go check them out beautiful beautiful stuff um yeah so that was my issue shuri um I guess this is the part where I tell you where to find me online because I'm not really sure how much more you want to hear my voice. So uh, like I said at the top, my name is Vita Ayala. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at definitely Vita. They're both the same. Uh, I do use blockchain on Twitter for my own mental health and safety, uh, but my Instagram is open. So please feel free to kind of head over there and say what's up. Uh, if you find yourself blocked, it is not personal, most likely. Um, yeah, this is, uh, the ending to my two-parter of Shuri that I collaborated with, uh, Paul and Tree, um, and it was, it was incredible. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, I was very surprised that they let me kind of, (laughs) surprise is the wrong word. I was very honored and humbled that they let me explore the themes that I wanted to. Uh, in these two issues. There's a lot to pack into these two issues, especially uh, this one that we just went through. Um, But talking about those things that we've discussed, they're very important to me. Um, Most of my creator-owned work is about stuff like that. It is about the experiences of marginalized people. Um, You know, my work is often a conversation about injustice, um, So yeah, the fact that I've been kind of able to bring that into the franchise work, but do it in a way that I think is kind of universal and and relatable to everyone um, is really a blessing. I hope that, you know, if Augustine is nothing like you, then you still empathize with him. I think that people are inherently good. And a lot of the conversations that we have surrounding kind of these political issues really pull back too much and what it comes down to to me is empathy and I think that anyone who is saying that they they don't care about these issues is is lying all right I believe that people are fundamentally empathetic beings and it doesn't matter if people look different than you or love different than you I think that if you can care about yourself you can care about other people so I'm glad that I got to share this story with you and I hope that you have come to care for Augustine as much as I love him. Uh, Yeah, so that's 
that's all I got. Uh, you know, have a good day. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.